Dr. Mark Malone from Advanced Pain Care on how the spinal cord stimulator blocks pain signals, bringing patients relief at last. And we're able to tune this device to mimic that frequency and essentially block it. I've seen people shed tears of joy in the recovery room when they wake up from their light anesthesia and we turn this device on and they realize their back pain is gone. They cry for joy. Advanced Pain Care at 512-244-4272 or austinpaindoctor.com. Live and local, every afternoon, 2 to 4. This is Mark, Melinda, and Ed on News Radio KLBJ. Call or text them at 512-836-0590. I've been listening to your show for years and years and years. Now, Mark, Melinda, and Ed. We hope you're having a great afternoon. It's 3.03. Tate is here producing. The Statesman says it has obtained... The cost of Texas flying illegal immigrants to Chicago back in December. And the state indicates that cost was $135,000 for that flight that took 120 illegal immigrants from El Paso into Chicago's O'Hare Airport. I don't have a problem with this. Still less than if they stayed here and we had to take care of them. Yeah, the statesman says there have been other flights carrying a total of 900 illegal immigrants out of Texas to other cities. But the state has not yet provided the total cost for those flights. This, this was a charter flight okay. on December 19th to Chicago. Okay, hold on. I'm, just, I'm, doing, I'm doing some figuring. It's about 1,100 a person. It Is seems that what awful you're trying high. to figure? Yeah, that's what I was trying to figure. Well, it's a chartered flight. Yeah, but still, that seems awful high. You know what I mean? But then again, they don't have to do through any type of security. They don't have any lines. Just get on the plane. Okay, I'll put down my computer. The part that I thought was interesting in this story wasn't so much what we're spending to send it, but this was <laughs> the in response to the mayor in New York saying, we don't take buses. Fine, we'll fly them fly in. You. Well, the, the Biden administration does the same thing. Let's just be real clear about that. This is nothing new with illegals and immigrants getting in airplanes and going someplace. This is a, a very, very tiny effort compared to what Biden has been doing for three years. Right. His effort to move them around the country dwarfs what Abbott has been doing. But you said, Melinda, this is money well spent by Abbott. Well, you got to think about it. Uh, this is 1100 per person for, spin, for sending them there. If they stayed here, I can guarantee the state would be spending more than 1100 on them. Whether it is putting them up right. in a hotel, yeah. making sure they have food, clothing, whatever. And there's the benefit of the sanctuary cities and states complaining about having to deal with these illegal immigrants, whether it's Chicago or New York. It's hard to put a price tag on the value of that, but it has really made them start complaining bitterly yeah. about having to deal with these people that are being moved into their cities. It is what it is. We have unfettered open borders, and if Texas is not going to foot the bill for it, Chicago will, New York bill will, and other states will. It's a nationwide problem. It's just not a Texas problem, nor should it be a Texas problem. It's a federal issue that their federal government is not addressing. Oak Brook, Illinois, is a suburb of Chicago. The police chief there says that since October... His police officers have made 57 arrests of illegal immigrants who were caught stealing in retailers in Oak Brook, Illinois, all of them on a felony level. And he says these are sophisticated operations. They hit Macy's, 
and other big retailers. Here is Oak Brook, Illinois Police Chief Brian Strokis with some of his comments on this. Well, like I said, clearly they're not all here for the American dream. Um, 57 arrests for my community is substantial. Oakbrook is located on the eastern edge of DuPage County. Uh, Chicago is in Cook County, so we're about 12 miles outside outside of the city of Chicago. But there's a much different policing philosophy and prosecution philosophy in here, here in DuPage County. Our state's attorney's office is charging these offenders with felony burglary because they're entering these stores with the intent to commit a felony or theft therein, and they're using theft detection shielding devices. They're working in teams. They're bringing wow. cutters in to try and defeat these devices. He says most of them are from Venezuela and Colombia. And he says, uh, for example, two of them went into the luggage section at Macy's and loaded up big suitcases with expensive items and walked out of the store. They were later arrested, and in their uh, vehicle, it was found that uh, they had cut off their ankle monitors, and they did have uh, devices that they were using Mm. to remove the anti-theft protections placed on the clothing and other items by Macy's. But they're here seeking asylum and looking for a better life. Looking for the American dream. The American dream, which does not include robberies. Well, and they're not the only place. New York is saying they're seeing an uptick with the migrants pickpocketing anybody and everybody walking around. You've got Denver that's saying that it is a strain on anybody and everybody that has to house these individuals. Well, that we are stuck, and I hate to say use the word stuck, but we're stuck with these individuals because this administration has decided we needed all of them. Uh, The police chief in Oak Brook, Illinois, also points out that prosecutors have asked that these suspects be held without bond. And for the most part, the judges are denying that motion. They're allowing these people out on bond. Remember, they're in the country illegally. One of these people has now been arrested five times since July on felony charges of Mark, stealing items from retailers. Why is that person still in these United States? Five times felony charges, and you're still wandering around up there near Chicago. Why? I'll tell you why. Because the Biden administration why? says we only will remove the most violent. Never mind that this is a huge impact on these retailers when you're stealing that amount of, of money. but. They weren't violent when they were doing it, so they should still get more chances. The chief says on one recent day, they made six felony arrests at uh, Macy's. He says that amount of crime could be overwhelming for a lot of communities, but he says his team is dedicated. They will not relent. They will keep finding these people and making arrests. Well, it's it's that is all well and good, sir, but the judicial end of it has to take control. They've got to... They've got to take measures. You can you can arrest till the cows come home, but if the judge and the DA is going to say, let them go, let them go, let them go. You know, it's Talk got to be a, a collaborative. about a time suck there when the judges just let them go and they have to use their resources and their time to just arrest the same person over and over yeah, and over gotta again. it got to be a collaborative effort. You've got to have all aspects of law enforcement working together. Here are the numbers, 512-836-0590. You can call, you can text to join the conversation. Elon Musk announced that the first human has received a Neuralink brain implant. It's called a potential milestone in the development of brain-computer interface. It could help people suffering from debilitating conditions such as paralysis to interact with their surroundings.
Musk tweeted the news late last night. The patient had received the implant prior uh, to that announcement and was doing very well. That surgery was completed successfully. There were no serious problems in the process. Yeah, he says initial results show no show initial results show promising neuron spike detection. It's amazing that the FDA, had, uh, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, just says okay to, to conduct these tests. So it's next level. It's fascinating mm-hmm. to me because this is technology being used in a beneficial way if if it is proven to work i'm not so sure that i'm keen on the idea that you have to have a human test subject for mm-hmm. this i mean i get eventually you'd have to get there but without really knowing yeah. uh how this goes that that's a little iffy to me but just think about if this actually works what it is opening up for people that are paralyzed yeah. the possibilities mm-hmm. there are amazing neuralink's implant includes a quarter-sized chip that is implanted in the skull 512-836-0590 it's mark melinda and ed 312 at klbj on your radio or streaming on your digital device here are mark melinda and ed the texas supreme court is hearing arguments today on that new state law that bans doctors and medical professionals from giving puberty blockers and hormone therapies to young Texans. Some of the families that say they want their child to go through gender transition filed a lawsuit seeking to block this law from going into effect. And a judge on the district level agreed with them, so now it's before the Texas Supreme Court. I, let me jump in here. I, the Texas legislature has spoken on this. My big picture overview is I would hope that most children, that all children would not get this treatment until they're of age. But by the same tokens in this day and time when we talk about parental rights and parents involved with their kids and parents helping make decisions, I'm a little mixed on this because I believe some, I believe parents have the right to make that decision for their kids even though I would rather not have them do that because we've had so many cases of kids saying, oh, I wish I would not have done this. So I'm a parental rights active. I like parents to have the say, but by the same token, I don't I don't like the procedures that they do that are life-altering and life-changing. Well, and that's the thing is you're making a decision that changes their life forever. When you talk about parental involvement, um, changing what school they go to most likely is not going to have the same impact as changing Physically, their gender. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know what the, the Texas Supreme Court will do if they do decide to rule in favor of these parents. I hope we come back and say you can only do this if you had years of counseling and this was something that wasn't a okay, little Johnny or Susie say they want to be somebody else, and and parents said, let me get you to the the nearest doctor that can go ahead and prescribe this to you, that there will be some kind of law that you have to at least see a couple of different therapists for a certain amount of Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Get more than one opinion. State District Judge Maria Cantu-Hexel said this new law 
does interfere with parental rights. It interferes with Texas families' private decisions, and it strips Texas parents of the right to seek direct medical care for their children. That was the judge's ruling in August of 2023. And so now we're before the Texas Supreme Court. And the judge at that time temporarily blocked that law from going into effect. So uh, you can weigh in with your thoughts, 512-836-0590. Call or text to join the discussion. Uh, Let us know where you come down on this one. Are you on the side of these families that are suing to overturn this law? Or do you agree with the law that was signed by Governor Greg Abbott? You're, where where do you stand, Ed? Are Mark, you somewhat mixed? I'm very mixed on okay. this because I do not want to see children go through this life-altering changes because, again, of the cases where children at age 20 and 21 go, oh, why did I do this? By the same token, you are the parent of the child. You make those medical decisions through a child. You are working with a trained medical professional who was signed off on this. So does the state really have the right to do that in this case? How far does that go? Is it dealing with other 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 procedures on children? I don't know. So I'm really, really mixed on this. You mean like tattoos? Uh tattoos. Uh any any other I'm t i am wasn't thinking of a tattoo by oh, the way. Okay. I was thinking of a true medical okay. deal. Yeah. Uh this is Jay at three eighteen on KLBJ. How are you this afternoon, Jay? I'm I'm just I'm I'm sick about Ed's comments. Ed, I I'm not using my real name because my wife went through breast cancer. Yes, sir. And she's had reconstruction, and I, I don't care what she looks like. I I love her till I don't I don't care. But it is when she removes her clothes and she sees the damage to her breasts, she's ashamed to take her clothes off in front of me. Mm. And you're going to take a 14-year-old girl or a 15-year-old girl, and you're going to remove her breasts, and then later on at 21, she decides to make a decision, you know, that, that she made the wrong decision. She's, how is she, it's just, it breaks my heart that people like you think that's the well, right thing Wait a minute, wait, people like, like me, wait a, but I also believe in parental rights, because I can I, see if parents, can I, can I address that, sir, and it's, and I, I'm, I, 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 that's why I'm, I'm mixed on this, which I wish no child, I wish no child would get this done to them. Let me make that perfectly clear. But I would also say the parents and the medical professionals, if they have deemed that the most appropriate and thing, that, that's going to happen. But you bring up an excellent point about what I said earlier. If they do this and they remove their breast or remove whatever, and they down the line they go, "What have I done?" And it's it's it, it, they can't get it back. I mean, you, I, I, and I, I'm just going to be you're probably going to. I know Mark likes to get rid of people like me, but I mean, whatever. If you want to, if you want to have sex with your own kid, it's your kid. And let's speak. Come on, sir. We're talking about a medical procedure common versus sense, you know common sense stuff that says it's wrong. Let them be 18 and then make a decision. That's why at 18 you're an adult. You make adult decisions because it's your body. And it's just... Sir, in a perfect world, I, I agree with you. I agree. And when you're 18, you make that decision. You know, it just break, breaks, my, breaks my heart that anybody can't just wait till they're 18 because, like I said, I, I've, I've seen what it's done to my wife. And I, I, I just can't imagine... I can't imagine that you would let... There's something wrong with the doctor who would do that and there's something wrong with the parent who would do that. 
Jay, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Thank you. 512-836-0590. You can call. You can text us. Stephen is calling in at 321. Good afternoon, Stephen. How are you? Hey, guys. Good afternoon. Hey, Ed. How are you doing, buddy? Uh, Doing great, Stephen. Right there. (laughs) Uh, Listen, man. uh, Here's the thing. Uh, it is a medical procedure, uh, and uh, yes, I agree that the parents have a big say into this, but uh, if I have a child that comes to me and says, hey, listen, Dad, uh, I think I'm a goose, and I want to chop my head off, should I let that be done? Uh, isn't that like kind of a child abuse at this point? So I think both are kind of like a child abuse situation. Uh, if a child decides, you know, to go into the chopping block and cut off his genitals or something like that. So that's how I see it. All right. Uh, Stephen, thank you. Have a good one. 512-836-0590. We are told all of the time that children can't make the best decisions. That's why we look to the adults and say this is why the parents have the rights to do this. But when parents aren't making the best decision, the state steps in. They do that at, you know, as Stephen just mentioned, with child abuse. The state steps in, and that's what I see this law being. We don't think that this is a good decision made by an adult or a child until that person is 18 and mm-hmm. maybe can better understand. See, I, I, I can live with that law, Melinda. I can live with that law, but so many times when we talk and get on about parental rights, parental rights, parental rights. But I think that there's a limit to what is considered parental rights. It then can cross the line into Mm -hmm. what is considered child abuse. And in these cases where people want to detransition, they've gone through all the surgeries, and now they're saying, I deeply regret this. I'm going to try to go back. Every one of them talks about how they and their parents were rushed into doing this, that it was a pressure type of situation, and that the parents heard the message, if you don't agree to this surgery, you will have a child commit suicide. And that's one of the pressure points they apply. Yeah, we talked about it recently. The amount of money that is in it for these medical professionals that are saying, go ahead and do it. They are looking at the dollars. They're not looking at the best interest because there's no way a person can spend 15 minutes with a kid and come away saying, absolutely, send them in to have whatever cut off. There's just no way. That's In no world can you spend 15 minutes with someone and say, absolutely. And that's what's happening. And then these parents feel pressured to do this and they feel like I have to do this to either save my kid or keep my kid in in their good graces. All right, let's go to Bill on KLBJ. Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Hi, Bill. Welcome. How are you? Doing good. Hey, who are these parents that are so eager to have their children's sex change at such a young age? Do you remember the story about the pediatrician and the divorced husband and they had twins, and the pediatrician, yes. she wanted to convert one of the twin sons to a girl, and the father fought it in court and lost. Yes. Some of this is what's going on with these parents. Yeah, we remember that story. We, we yeah. followed mm-hmm. it very, yeah. very closely. 
Now, if if that couple would have fought it now and the husband would have fought it, the uh, female pediatrician would have lost the case because of the new law. And, you know, the husband kept saying he's a boy. He wants to be a boy. But the mother was trying to force him to convert to a female against his will. And then you had a gentleman call in that was in his uh, 20s or higher. And he said when he was a kid, his mom tried to turn him into a female against his will. So is it really the kid that wants to change your sex? Or is it the parent wanting to change the kid's sex because they had the wrong sex? Or is it the so-called professional who wants to make it happen Mm -hmm. and applies pressure to the parents to allow it to happen? That's also a key question. I've always had great admiration for doctors, but I scratch my head when you hear the stories of speeding this through without, not only with the physical uh, examination, but I think you've got to have the mental examination for not one time. That's got to be for months and months and months and months. Bill, thank you. We will work in more of your comments. Coming up just ahead, the news update is next on the half hour. Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Mark, Melinda, and Ed are on your radio at 99.7 FM or 590 AM. If you're just joining us, we hope you're having an excellent afternoon. One of the stories we're discussing is the Texas Supreme Court is hearing arguments today on the new state law that bans medical professionals from providing puberty blockers and hormone therapies to children in the state of Texas. Some families filed a lawsuit challenging that new law, and it's now before the Texas Supreme Court. On the district court level, the families won a judge here in Austin. Judge Maria Cantu-Hexel agreed with the parents and said this law interferes with parents' rights in Texas. James is in Leander at 331. James, welcome. How are you? James. uh, Winter day. Hello? Yes, James, welcome. What are your thoughts, sir? Yes, sir. Um, I want to speak from personal experience. So I went into my very prominent urologist we hear on the radio, and I got put on testosterone. It was perceived to be low. Now, I'm a 52-year-old male. And I want to tell you, within three weeks, I had a complete mental breakdown where I spent a week in a mental hospital locked down for 22 hours a day. And what I found out was testosterone, when, it's, when you inject it in your body, it actually, the side product is estrogen. So I was having night sweats, terrors, uh, mental breakdown. I wanted to take my life. I was out of control, completely ruined me. And while I was in the mental hospital... There was a person that I believe was a male that converted to a female, had half the operation done from what I could overhear from talking to the nurse. And this person was extremely violent, extremely would cry and just out of control. So I want everybody just to, you know, I'll get off the line and let you guys comment and and talk about it. But um, I think when you're messing with hormones, it's extremely dangerous game. Uh, James, thank you. We hope you're you're doing much better now, sir. Thank yeah. you. I am. I got out of that testosterone immediately, and, and within a month, I felt like myself again. Good. Go well, that's thank good. You. Thank you, James. 512-836-0590. The Europeans were far ahead of America in this field, 
And they now are saying, we have been wrong all these years. We need to slam the brakes on all these procedures for children. It needs much more study, much more knowledge in terms of what we're doing to these children with the hormone therapy, puberty blockers, the surgeries. And so uh, they're going in the opposite direction in Europe from what we seem to be proceeding on. And why we never take cues from elsewhere where they've tried it and it's failed, I don't know. And and to the other part of this, I don't understand why it has to be an immediate, well, let's do some hormone blockers or let's do an operation. Why not just start it off with, you know what, dress like that gender, act like that gender, Mm -hmm. And see if that's something that you want to continue. Right. And then w- when you reach the age of 18, then you can go through with it. I don't mm-hmm. understand why the first thing is, is how can I change their body immediately? Yeah, I recently read uh, an article written by Finland's top doctor in this field. She was one of the first in the world to begin treating people for gender dysphoria. And she was imploring the American Medical Association to listen to what she and other doctors in Europe have discovered after years of doing these things on young people. She said, we've been doing far more harm than we realized, and that's why we're putting the brakes on it here in mm-hmm. Europe. And she was just imploring, beseeching American doctors to do the same. And it, it's not working, though. They're not listening. The American Pediatric Society recently uh, criticized efforts to rein in this type of treatment. Let's go to uh, Nora in Denton, Mark, Melinda, and Ed on KLBJ. Nora, welcome. How are you this afternoon? I'm good, but I just, you basically answered my question just then. I wanted to know if the United States had some type of a research company that followed these kids along for maybe 15, 20 years to see how they do develop into adults, whether they're healthy, whether they have psychological problems. But I think Finland answered our question there. I, if you got a comment, I'll, I'll stay on and listen to you. Thank you. Well, I'm not aware of, of one coordinated effort in the United States to track these people. Um, so I, I think if anyone is doing tracking, it's kind of a diverse effort. Maybe a hospital here or a university there. I'm not aware of the government tracking this. I would even say that they're going to the lengths to ignore Mm -hmm. those that are bringing this up as I did this transition and I regret it. I, you know, I felt more suicidal afterwards. They seem to push those stories away as being the outliers. Yeah, yeah. I just think I, I would think it'd be interesting for our university to do a study on it. Nora, thank you very much. Right now, it's primarily anecdotal evidence from the detransitioners. Right. They're doing uh, media interviews saying, I made a horrible mistake. My parents made a huge mistake in having me go through with this. And they're trying to ring the alarm bells over it. Greg is in Georgetown, 336. Hey, Greg, welcome. How you doing? Hey, guys. First of all, it makes me question what planet we live on that we're even having to have this conversation. But... I personally believe that it's that it's not the children that that want to make this transition. I feel like it's most of these liberal parents that want to feel like they're woke and have a sense of accomplishment by saying that they have a gender transferred kid 
and that's what makes me the saddest about this whole situation is I don't think it's the kids. I think it's the parents that want to feel like they're woke and uh, even thinking about having this surgery, this surgery done to their children. Well, and you're not it's, alone in that. No. I'm seeing a lot of texts that say this is just another form of, um, what is it when the parent makes up an illness just to get the attention? Munchausen syndrome. Yes. We're seeing a lot of texts that are saying this is just another form of that. I think the, I think the, the parents are scared because they've heard from medical professionals say, you don't get this done. They're going to commit suicide. Look at the numbers here. Look at the numbers. I but think that's me. Wouldn't that's where they get scared? Wouldn't you take that information and go, okay, well then we need to sit down exactly with a mental health expert yep. or maybe a couple of different ones and and have these feelings all sorted out before we go to the next level. Of course, of course. Montana mother and father Krista and Todd Colstad say. The state of Montana has taken custody of their daughter because the mom and dad have refused to agree to having their daughter go through all of these gender transition treatments. Child and Family Services now has custody of their daughter who's living in a group home away from the mother and father. And this, again, is because the child wants to change the gender, but mom and dad don't and the state is siding with the child and they've taken the child this is montana this is a conservative state i'm just floored. i agree with the parents in this that say that the state have kidnapped their daughter yeah. uh, they had gotten a call from the school letting them know that their child wasn't in the best mental mind or mindset they took her to the hospital they were doing the things the hospital then said well she wants to transition and they said no that goes against everything we believe in and we're not going to allow this well then the girl decided uh, said she was suicidal and that's when the state stepped in not allowing mm. these parents to even take a breath to get their child help who's desperately calling out for it uh, the daily caller news says the court has granted child and family services custody of the daughter and the state of Montana is planning to place the daughter with her birth mother in Canada. She has had very little contact with her birth mother. The birth mother has a history of alleged abuse. Tell me how that makes sense. You're going to take it away from a family that's caring, that that wants to right. get help for their daughter instead of just jumping on the bandwagon to have her transition and put her into a known abuser's home? That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. It does not make sense. It's beyond that. It's criminal in my view. You talk about returning her to someone who has a history of alleged abuse. 512-836-0590. And the arrogance reported uh, by the hospital staff. If you don't like what we're doing here, get a lawyer. Have your lawyer talk to us. They were just so arrogant toward this mom and dad who didn't want to 14, agree with this. 14-year-old child and saying now in the custody of the state because they wouldn't go along with this sex change. Mm. All right, 512-836-0590. You can join the discussion. We're live and local every weekday, 2 to 6. Mark, Melinda, and Ed.
Enjoy the podcasts of Mark, Melinda, and Ed at your convenience. You'll find them on NewsRadioKLBJ.com or via the free KLBJ app. 345, hope you're having a great afternoon. Ed's moving over to 102.7 ESPN to get ready for his sports talk show 4 to 6. Melinda and I are here with you all the way to 6 o'clock. And this is Allison on KLBJ. Hello, Allison. How are you? I'm good. Welcome aboard. What are your thoughts, Allison? Okay, so with these kids trying to go through the whole transgender, all this other crap, everything is like, to me, I'm the parent. You can't even vote yet. I'm feeding you, housing you, everything else. I'm raising you, and you're going through this whatever crisis you're going through. I'm not paying for it. I won't. You know what? When you're 18 and over, fine. Go do what you want to do, but not on my dime. You're in my house. You're going to do what you're supposed to do. Well, and that does bring up another question about the the pain for this is this and they're expensive uh to to do these transition surgeries are parents insurance covering this are they paying it out of pocket i have a friend that just did it for her daughter and it's like why you know i mean yeah you have all these issues going on with whatever you're going through but excuse me when you're living in my house i'm not paying for that the the friend's why, daughter. Why? Why? Allison, how old is your friend's daughter, and and what what did they do? Well, at the at the point that when she decided she wanted to do this, she was fourteen, and okay, she's gone. She probably doesn't want to speak about that, which I understand. No, it's not. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. not her story to tell. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you for the call. You have a good afternoon. 512-836-0590. Lynn is with us at 347. Hi, Lynn. Welcome. How are you today? Well, I'm doing good. You guys uh, always have a good radio program. Thank you, Lynn. <clears throat> but I, uh, I'm, there was a guy that someone called in about three calls ago. <clears throat> And he, and he said, and, and that's exactly what I was thinking was, I cannot believe they were actually listening to this kind of, of thing on the radio. I can't believe they were actually talking about uh, a parent being able to give kids the right uh, because a child uh, comes to them and says, I, I think I want to be a girl. I think I want to be a boy. And, uh, and somehow gives them permission and supports them to have this this incredible thing happened in their life. There's just this thing that's so absolutely mind-blowing. It, it, uh, it is astonishing. I, I agree with you on that point, Lynn. Uh, uh, children, they don't have enough life experience to make these kind of decisions. They got pressure at school. They got pressure online. They got pressure here and there. And 14 other, who, who, who knows how many different pressure points are coming at them. They're trying to improve their lives. They're trying to find something in life, and they're very open to these little points of pressure. And and for a parent to even back it up and not say no, no, let's let's wait on this. You know, when you get a little older and, and you can make some decisions on your own, then you go ahead and make those decisions. Um, 
you know, they call it uh, transitioning. I call it body mutilation. It, it, it absolutely changes everything about them. And uh, it's just absolutely horrendous. And I'm, I'm about 500% against it. So... I, I appreciate y'all taking my call. All right, Thanks, Lynn, Lynn. Thank you. You have Count a good me one. a million percent in, and I don't know why a parent would want to take that chance of potential resentment down the road. You know, you allowed for me to do this. You were supposed to be my caretaker and doing what the best interest of me, and you allowed for me to do this. I wouldn't want that resentment if if they decide that that wasn't what they wanted no. at an older and then you yes. have you don't have a relationship with that child anymore right and then the parents might be getting pressure from medical professionals saying you need to do this or you might lose your child forever that that's terrible pressure it is terrible parents. pressure but a parent should say i hear what you're saying i'm going to seek medical mental health expert advice on this because I want to make sure that they're in the right mind mm-hmm. before I did anything. Let's go to Bree in San Antonio with Mark and Melinda. Bree, welcome. How are you this afternoon, Bree? Good. I'm good. Um, you guys are sitting there saying how the hormone blockers are dangerous. Say that again, please. A- Bree, say that again, please. I didn't quite catch that. Y'all are saying how hormone blockers for pediatric patients are dangerous and how they they shouldn't be allowed. I have a question for y'all. If you have a child who goes into precocious puberty, which is early puberty, say around five or six, and you the doc you take them to the doctor because you have um, your child developing secondary you know sexual characteristics at five years old. And the doctor puts that child on a hormone blocker to prevent puberty. Why is it safe and ethical for that patient to receive that medical treatment? But if later in the adolescent stages, a trans person wants the same medication, all of a sudden now it's unethical, unsafe, and according to what y'all are saying, should be considered abuse. Why the two standards for the same medical treatment? Are, are you creating a hypothetical with the five-year-old? No, I'm not. Who, I know a who lot are of you people. talking about? There are people all over this country whose child goes into early puberty. The standard medical intervention for precocious puberty is hormone or puberty blockers. And... You put the patient on puberty blockers, and once they're more of a natural age for their puberty to begin, you take them off of it. And then puberty picks up where it, where it was trying to start <clears throat> at an earlier point. How, how many five-year-olds fall into that category? There's a, across the country, there's a lot. But my question is very Wait, well, wait a minute. What, 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 what is a lot, Bree? Bree, what is a lot? I haven't done, I don't have the exact number, but I'm asking you, why is it okay to give that medication to a cisgender child, but not a transgender child? 
I'm not if accepting your prim- I'm not accepting your premise that there are a lot of five-year-olds with that condition, Bree. You don't believe in any kind of treatment for gender. For gender, no. What okay, you're talking so about your- is is putting a pause on a five-year-old from going into it's puberty the and then allowing them to go through their regular puberty. When you're talking about yes. changing genders, that's completely no, different. that's not what I'm asking you. That's, that's what you just what asked. I was trying to explain to you. No, what I was trying to explain to y'all is you say that it's abuse and, and it's not ethical or safe for a transgender child to be given puberty blockers. Uh, we're not accepting your pre- we're not accepting your premise that they're transgender in the first place. It, and that's your choice. I don't have to agree with you. If my child came to me and started, uh, for instance, had an early puberty, I would want that paused until they were of a more natural age for that to occur. So the question was, why is it permissible medically to give? precocious puberty patient hormone blockers but it's not per- permissible to give transgender patients the exact same medication to me there's a difference in one is a physical thing like that child is going through puberty way too long another is a mental thing as in they think they want to be another transgender and that's why they're going into it and in the cases of the older children you're describing, Bree, there are other factors involved. Puberty blockers, hormone treatments, some of them end up having surgery. Surgery that can never be reversed. Absolutely never reversible. That's what we're talking about here. Thank you for the call from San Antonio. We appreciate your listening down there. 512-836-0590. Let's go to John in South Austin. Hey, John, welcome. How are you today? Hey, great show, guys. Uh, You know, part of the doctor medical oath is you will do no harm. I, I can't see where this should even be allowed on anybody under 18. To begin with, it should be illegal. And past 18, if I was a, a surgeon that did this kind of work, I would have to have, and Mark came. You would have to have what, sir? Psych- uh, I, would, I would have to require tons of psychological exams to make sure this is affecting your way of life, 100% what you want to do, because it's, it's, there's hardly no going back. Right. And for them just right. to do it for the chasing the dollar is a, is a big mistake, and there's no, the the brain doesn't even develop for rational thinking until what, 20? 19, 20? Or 24. Oh, a juvenile, yeah, 14, 15 year old do this? Absolutely not. Should be criminal. We, it's a fad. All right, uh, John, got you. Thank you. All right, we've got news next, but we're here right after the news. It's Mark and Melinda all the way to 6 o'clock, live and local, 512-836-0590. Dr. Mark Malone from Advanced Pain Care on how the spinal cord stimulator blocks pain signals. 
bringing patients relief at last. And we're able to tune this device to mimic that frequency and essentially block it. I've seen people shed tears of joy in the recovery room when they wake up from their light anesthesia and we turn this device on and they realize their back pain is gone. They cry for joy. Advanced Pain Care at 512-244-4272 or austinpaindoctor.com.